Welcome, folks, to another episode of Passing Time with Craig. As always, I'm your host, Craig. Thank you for being here today, and I'm very excited about my guest, uh, my old friend. We've done a few things together, so I'm excited to talk about all that stuff. We've got lots to talk about, thanks to some idiot person who's in charge of Alberta right now. Uh, but please welcome my guest, Kevin. Hello, Craig. Thanks for having me. Thank you for being here. I'm super excited. We've got so much to talk about. Um, how's life? <laughs> I mean, life is pretty good. Um, I'm almost finished up my two-year diploma in uh, TV production at SATE. So I got a couple more months of that and then off into the workforce, hopefully finding myself a job that fits well. Yeah. So I did SATE for radio broadcasting. Um, what was it about SATE that attracted you to like this program and doing this? Yeah, I think it was a little bit, part of it was that it was just convenient. Like it's very close to where I live, um, easy, kind of easier to get into. Um, and then also just like the fact that they really advertise that there's jobs for graduates. So I was like, well, I, I want to be a graduate and I want to have a job. So this sounds Both great. Important. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to have money going to this. And... Exactly. So I'm, I'm feeling very confident that I can get out of the workforce like right after I graduate. Yeah. I mean, you're in a great province for that. Like <laughs> there's so much um, film and television, everything. Absolutely. Here. Media production right now is like a golden industry to be in because there's so much out there. Yeah. What, what's your favorite job behind the scenes? I'm really into like the producing side of things, like putting together like schedules and booking talent and like getting props and wardrobe and makeup and all of these things together to like kind of put together like the bigger picture. I yeah. really, I'm really into that. I would love to see myself as a producer one day creating maybe my own TV show. Well, okay, so that makes sense to me, knowing you, uh, because you are also known as Anxiety. Yes, that's correct. That's the, my alter ego. The alter ego, your wonderful drag persona. And I feel like there's a lot of, of it in order to be a successful, uh, talented drag queen, you need to have that producer mentality almost i feel there's definitely like not all not all drag performers are like producing shows and things like that but i've definitely produced a lot of shows in the past and um you know like i said before booking people you know coming up with a theme like liaising with the venue that kind of stuff is exciting and fun and uh, as a drag performer and i think anyone who produces a show can agree to this like booking people for shows and being like i have a show i have money to give you like that feeling is so fun that like that makes producing shows worth it oh yeah i love it i love when i get to I, I love doing the trivia and doing the tune bingo, but when I get to do different shows or um, just whether it's musical acts or bringing in the drag queens that we've had at Born before, uh, just super cool. Yeah. Yeah. I, would, I, I love doing bingo at uh, Born with you. That was so much fun. That was so <laughs> much fun. And we've done Name That Tune at Rising Tides. Yes. Yes. Um, yeah. It's, it's fun to have somebody else to feed off of <laughs> yeah I, I enjoy hosting with other people i find like i've done bingo by myself before in the yeah. past and it gets like get to a point where i'm just making noises to fill this airspace <laughs> yeah. like i'm like i need someone to talk to yeah and then sometimes like the crowd is the same people and so you're like well i can't use all the same jokes and so you're, you're like oh, i gotta mix something up so it's nice to have that person yeah exactly bounce things off yeah of. um so how did you come up with Anxiety. <laughs> okay, so my original drag name was Jizzy McGuire. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Which I'm really glad we didn't stick with. <laughs> but I remember like very vividly just sitting in the car with my friend at the time who was kind of helping me come up with names. 
and we were just talking and it was like, what's something like quintessential about you or your character or like you as a person? Um, and I was like, well, I'm super anxious. Like, and at that time my anxiety was really like uncontrolled. So, uh, that was definitely a lot more prevalent in my life. And so I was like, well, and then the pun just kind of popped into my head and I was like, well, there we go. It's done. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I know the first time I met you and saw you perform was a long time ago. I don't, (laughs) it was well before COVID. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. It was at, um, uh, what was that? Mill street. Oh my god, yeah. Right? It was the there was a little like pride beer fest. So like all these little breweries brought their pride beers and I was working at a different brewery at the time and you were one of the performers. And I remember you because one of my good best friends, Eric, is a tall dude. Yeah. <laughs> and and he got a photo with you. And <laughs> And so I actually texted him today. I was like, I'm doing a podcast recording with Anne. Like, oh my God. And he loved it. He remembered you instantly because you're, you're tall. Yeah, that's my special skill, making <laughs> people feel really small. Yeah. <laughs> Especially with the wig and the heels. Like, it's extra. <laughs> yeah, so how often do you think about that with your height with heels? Do you still just always rock them? Or do you sometimes like, ah... Uh, yeah, I feel like I don't like I don't like wearing heels that much to be honest. like I don't think anybody does. No. But like I just don't feel like I'm in the illusion if I'm wearing flats. Yeah. <laughs> like it just feels like I'm cheating almost. I don't know. Uh, but there's definitely some venues where I have to think about hitting my head on the roof or like oh yeah on the stage upstairs are twisted like I can't reach, raise my arm all the way up or I'll hit the like projector. <laughs> like it's pretty bad. <laughs> okay, so one of the reasons why I wanted to bring back Passing Time with Craig, the podcast, and one of the whole points of why I first started it was showcasing that there's so much talent in this city, mm-hmm. and there's so much things, so many things to do, and luckily with shows like RuPaul's Drag Race, uh, the drag scene has gotten a lot bigger in the world, yeah, which is fantastic and awesome, uh, but we, and it's always great when some of the contestants have come to calgary for whatever it is but there's such a great drag scene here absolutely calgary has like a crazy drag scene of like all sorts of drag from like really glamorous to really like crazy like dungeon goblin style (laughs) everything in between and one thing about calgary's drag community is it's super resilient and super welcoming like uh, when I moved here like six or seven years ago like I went to one show and I immediately felt like I belonged yeah that's awesome. Yeah. What? Why do you think that is? I, I think like being queer in Alberta is hard. Like you, like we both know that. Yeah. And so I think queer people are like who live in Alberta and, and actively choose to stay here and produce their queer art here in Alberta, where it's a lot more hostile. I think that um, that builds like a lot of character and a lot of strength, and and I think that makes the community like kind of come together stronger. Yeah. I. It's so tough. Whether you're queer or you're a teacher or you're a doctor in Alberta, sometimes it makes sense for us to want to just like leave because it's not always our, there's leaders that just don't seem to want us here. Yes. Um, making it difficult for people to do their jobs, uh, be themselves. Yet I think it's so important that we do stay <laughs> and fight. Absolutely. Like, not everybody is has the means even to leave, right? So we can't just abandon those like vulnerable people. No, we can't. Um, and we're, we're when we're recording this right now, uh, recently, Danielle Smith... <laughs> yeah, that bitch. <laughs> that bitch um, has uh, 
introduced stupidness. <laughs> yeah, just just super hateful anti-trans policies. There's no other word but hateful. Yeah, and like it makes no sense. There's so many issues facing Alberta right now with like the economy and and this is one of the first things of 2024 you're dealing with. It's just so out of left field and so unnecessary like Danielle just needed to say I hate trans people yeah. and, and she said it clearly. And that's exactly it. And now uh, your pronouns mm-hmm. are they them? They them. Yeah. So, did you? Could you have? Would you have felt comfortable saying that to your parents when you were fourteen? No, definitely. Like, and and that's not anything against my parents. Like when I did come out to them, it was a wonderful, like, super supportive experience. But growing up, I grew up in a really small town in BC, and just like the homophobia there, like, was so strong that there was no way I was going to come out there. Right. And and then, like, it wasn't even until I found drag and learned about non-binary identities that I really realized, like, oh, all this time, like, these weird feelings of not relating to masculinity and manhood and, like, being a man is, like, is something, you know? There's yeah. a label for that. And and once I embraced it, it felt real, like I just felt more at home in my body. Well, and that's just it. Like, this by these laws, it's going to scare these poor kids and teens from trying to be themselves or discover themselves and it makes no sense to me i know um a couple years ago when ucp again were trying to uh what was do the issues oh if the if a kid was joining um like the the gay club Mm -hmm. the gay straight alliance be outed and i had a friend who great friend of mine has no problems he was he was like, I don't understand why everybody's getting mad at this. Like, he's like, I'd be really upset that my kid wouldn't come and talk to me about it. I was like, yeah, you're not the problem. Mm-hmm. It's not the kids who have these supporting, loving parents and grow up knowing gay Uncle Craig. Like, this is it's not these kids that we're worried about. <laughs> exactly. It's it's not everybody is fortunate enough to have a family that's going to welcome and accept you for who you are. And so being forced out to your parents like that is super dangerous. Like I I read a statistic recently, like up to 40% of youth homelessness is LGBT youth that have been kicked out of their homes just for being who they are. So like these kids now aren't safe at school when they already weren't safe at home. And so you're just forcing them into the closet. Yeah. I don't think I've, I've learned a lot about too. And born bingo nights, we always do a different charity and we did Aurora house, um, which helps, uh, homeless you uh, queer youth and i don't think people realize that stat that you just said that it's a huge part of the homeless population is queer folks yeah absolutely and even just my own experience like i've met so many people through the drag world and through other forms of queer art that have experienced homelessness in, in their lifetime just because of exactly this like their parents kicked them out yeah and i love uh you know you used to be a brewer as well mm-hmm. yeah You've had a lot. <laughs> yeah, I've been all over the place. <laughs> I love it. Um, but I think something that I, I do uh, really enjoy is how many performances. Uh, yes, we've got Twisted, which is great. Uh, but being able to do drag shows at breweries, places yeah. that you wouldn't necessarily think, but people freaking love it. Yeah, absolutely. I think like drag has become so mainstream now, and, 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 and businesses are really realizing that it – 
it's just like an open mic night or a bingo or anything like that. It's a great way to bring in people and and also to really outright say like we support the queer community. Like you're we're actively putting money in their pockets and inviting them into our space. Yeah. So I think that's really powerful. And not just and this is one of the things that I always fight with people, not just during Pride Month. <laughs> exactly. It should be all the time. And like I mean, drag shows aren't always the cheapest thing. Like it's obviously a budget, but uh, I think showing your support year round is is huge. Yeah, and let's talk about the budget. And we talked about you know a great drag person needs to have that um, kind of producer mentality about it. And it's the same for when not the same like, but when I create trivia and I tell people my costs, sometimes people are like, oh, I don't know about that. Because they just view it for when I come in and host these trivia questions. But I have to create all these questions. And you have to create, you have to decide songs and then do a whole number. Absolutely. There's a lot of work that goes into, like, anything that you're doing when you're in the public eye. Like, with drag, you're, you know, you have to pick a song, come up with a costume and a concept and, you know, prepare and rehearse and get into makeup and show up. Like, all that takes time. And, and same with trivia. Like, I've hosted trivia nights as well. And making the trivia takes a couple hours and, like... It probably gets harder the more you do it because you're running out of things to, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> to quiz on. So, like, I, I feel like people need to understand that, like, we're all just trying to live here. And, yeah. like, please pay us. <laughs> <laughs> please, please. It's so great that you want to support us and bring you bring us into your space, but you, you got to pay for it. <laughs> exactly, yeah. Especially when we're bringing people in. and Exactly. Like, I've seen <laughs> bars that are, like, empty all the time, like, fill up to the brim with drag shows. So, like... Yeah. A lot of places just need things to bring people in the door. So let's talk about performances because I like to know, is it sometimes easier or is it harder when it's a specific like themed night for drag? I like, I think it's a little bit of both. For theme nights, typically, I, for myself at least, I'll put more in effort into you know coming up with a concept and a and a costume that's unique. Um, I find that more like fun and engaging personally, but it it also gets exhausting if you're doing themes like every week and coming right. to come up with new things. Like sometimes it's nice to just throw on your favorite dress and do a little Carly Rae Jepsen number. Yeah, <laughs> you do love Carly Rae. Let's just talk about Carly Rae right yes, now. Yes, please. Let's talk about the queen, <laughs> the queen of pop. Um, what is it about Carly Rae? Honestly, I remember exactly where I was the first time I heard Emotion, like her, her honestly, her best album, one of the best albums of all time. Yeah. Uh, I remember like sitting at work, putting it on and just like my whole body felt like electric. Like it was just like, I just couldn't help but dance. And I listened to it probably a hundred times on repeat. And like, I don't know, I just fell in love. And every time she's released music since, it's just like I fall in love with her all over again. It's very interesting because I have a few other friends that just love carly ray like and never disappointed with what this like what her albums are yeah she's so underrated like she releases bop after bop and yeah. like it's wild to me that she doesn't get radio play or like more recognition for the things that she's coming out with because it's really really good yeah and and she's got some great songs but i feel like there's still some stupid people that think that she's a one-hit wonder just because of calling maybe but she's had like uh, like even just mainstream big hit was like i really really like you <laughs> exactly like she's had other hits too she's more than a one hit one yeah and i think she's gonna have like a renaissance at some point in the in mainstream media it's gonna happen yeah. <laughs> i feel like what's gonna happen is someone's gonna collab with her like taylor swift yeah or like beyonce or something and she's gonna blow up yeah it's interesting 
if you put her in like the same category as like Avril Lavigne because she was big and and now like she's almost like treated as some other royalty. Yeah. <laughs> like I was watching an interview with her and it was like like she's talented and I love a bunch of her songs but I was just like I was like what just happened where we seem to like just move to put her to this pedestal and like she announced her tour and everyone's like move over Taylor like this is the number one. <laughs> yeah. I think that's definitely like really steeped in nostalgia for sure. Yeah. <laughs> like we all love Avril but like some of her new stuff is not it. <laughs> like I'm sorry. Yeah. She's not releasing good music anymore. No, I don't I agree with you. I but it's her classic stuff that which is like yes. Exactly. Love I'm it. still convinced that it, she died like a long time ago and it's been a body double <laughs> replacing her. There's like a lot the of theories online. I have that. seen this and I love it. <laughs> what are um are there ever songs that you think of and go, oh, that would be really good, but then just can't get the performance for it? Oh yeah, there's a lot of songs that I really love, but they're just like too dancey for me. Like I'm not a dancer. Yeah. So unless I can fill those like musical dance breaks with like a gag of some kind, I'm usually just like, okay, I, like I'm not gonna try and embarrass myself here <laughs> dancing to this. So. And there's some long ass songs out there too. Exactly. Yeah. Like a lot of people complain about this new like a lot of new pop music, especially like Charlie XCX, like released in like two and a half minute songs. But as a on a night where I'm doing like four numbers, like that last two and a half minutes is the hardest. So. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, yes, give me a short song. <laughs> um, yeah, I guess like two and a half would be like perfect. <laughs> yeah. There was one show in Vancouver for a while where, because they would put so many people in the show, they had to edit, everyone had to edit their songs to three minutes. And it was oh. just, it was terrible. It just, nobody could edit very well. So it yeah. was just like the choppiest track show ever. <laughs> Uh, where are your favorite venues to perform at? Uh, in Calgary, I would have to say, like, obviously Twisted is a great place, um, but the club's not for everybody. So uh, Dickens is definitely like my home bar. Um, if you're not familiar with Dickens, you have to go check it out. It's this like basement punk bar that is grungy um, and like just like so cool. Yeah. And they do punk shows and metal shows, but then they turn around and do drag shows and other sorts of queer art too. And they've been incredibly, incredibly supportive of the community for a long time. They're, it's, it's so fantastic because again, you, it's probably not one people would first think of for like a major queer friendly space. Yeah. But there is like a, I think a lot of people don't realize that like punk culture and like and like queer culture really meld together really like it's just they're all just people who want to get to know each other and like hey you're cool like let's hang out kind of thing yeah like there's a lot of crossover for sure there was a my first drag show that I ever went to in Vancouver was at a similar bar in Vancouver just like a punk metal show place that just happened to have drag shows and yeah it changed my life because I literally saw it and was like oh my god I like this is crazy I need to do this yeah <laughs> and you know, speaking of creating these performances, especially like small sets, like the two and a half minutes or three minutes, whatever it may be, you've also done some stand-up comedy. Yeah, a little bit. I've dabbled my toes. Dab- a little bit. Dabbled your toes. Yeah. Um, yeah, I did it once and it was fun, but it's a lot of work. It is. Just you really to come have- up with a five-minute set. Yeah, it's it's a lot of preparation. It's great. Like, it depending on how your brain works, it's great. Like, if you can thrive off being prepared, like it's similar to public speaking, you know, it's a lot easier to speak in public when you have a speech written out and you know it. So it's the same with stand-up comedy. You're not like improvising. You kind of know your stuff and you right. just go off of it. Like, obviously you want to ten- like cater it a little bit to your audience and like interact with them if possible, but it's not all improv. <laughs> right. And I feel like 
being able to have that presence helps with um, either one. So being a drag performer, doing stand-up, or reverse. Mm -hmm. And I think that's some of the most iconic, well-known performers in this city, uh, drag performers, are doing some stand-up or they're doing different they're bringing more of the show than just a wonderful musical performance absolutely and that's common even more than just stand-up like drag and i think all art forms in general like there's a lot of drag and burlesque crossover there's a lot of drag and comedy there's a lot of drag and improv and sketch comedy and all sorts of things that that there's crossovers between and drag and music and stuff like that so i feel like once you start getting into one thing it's easy to just like be like, oh my god, I'm a performer and I want to do it all. Yeah. Like I've done burlesque, I've I've done stripping, I've done like obviously stand-up comedy, improv, all of it. Like once you start, it's hard to stop. Oh yeah. I mean <laughs> as someone who's done every a little bit of everything myself, um, it's just it's just fun to entertain people and just kind of just do I view myself like when I'm being trivia daddy or bingo daddy or tune daddy, I feel like it's uh a heightened version of me and they are all slightly different like bingo daddy's the raunchier one yeah <laughs> trivia daddy's kind of the wittier one and quicker when it comes to just knowing things because he's trivia daddy yeah and i, I feel the same way as Anne too like i kind of just manifest this feeling of like when i'm in drag everyone wants to talk to me everyone wants to be around me like i'm the center of attention and like people want to know what's up yeah. like and <laughs> Whereas, like, out of drag, I'm a little bit more reserved and a little bit more shy. Like, I, I am a little bit more introverted, but I find, like, once the mask is on, it's easier to just, like, say, fuck it, let's yeah. go. <laughs> <laughs> fuck it, let's go. And um, not all drag queens keep their beard. <laughs> no, yeah. I mean, for me, it's just, it grows so fast. Yeah. And, like, it would be impossible to keep it shaved all the time. Um, I, I also kind of like the, like, androgyny and playing with that like uh masculinity femininity kind of crossover like i feel like that really suits my drag yeah because i'm not really like female presenting like that's not really what i'm trying to to put out in the world i'm just this like genderless being of of comedy and buffoonery yeah <laughs> <laughs> and um what is a song that you've done in a performance of that's more um comedic and then what's one that's more just like a more elegant or whatever you want to, however you want to place it. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I think my most like con like con- the one I do the most often is Dua Lipa's new rules. And that goes back to that song has a lot of dance breaks. And yeah. so uh, that's the, the, the number where I edited out the dance breaks with like recorder playing. And so I kind of like bust out a recorder and start playing the recorder instead of dancing. <laughs> so that's probably my more comedic one. <laughs> I do love that part. <laughs> I've been doing it for years and years. Um, but yeah, I mean, I love a good ballad, like put on a gown and, and just like stand in place and emote and captivate the audience is super fun. I love doing like Celine Dion ballads. Yeah. I love a good Celine Dion ballad. I did Lord's Liability once because I was really going through it. And I was like, just so you know, I'm not going to kill myself, but I want to. Yeah. <laughs> like it was bad. <laughs> and I've unfortunately made you like, again, I it takes so much work and it's also so impressive and i have unfortunately been a problem where i brought you in when it was 30 degrees on the born patio <laughs> yeah that was that was a hot day <laughs> absolutely the pictures were not they were frightful <laughs> <laughs> 
yeah, sometimes you all have to deal with some crazy conditions. Yeah, I was in Australia, like in Sydney for their Mardi Gras. Oh, yeah. And it was like way hot. Like, I don't even know how hot it was there, but it was way hotter than anything Calgary gets. <laughs> yeah. And then these queens are like doing their eight counts and dancing boots. And I was like, oh, my God. I went up to talk to one of them. And I was like, how do you keep your makeup on? Like, it's so hot. And she was just like, oh, I just powder. Like, Fuck you, bitch. <laughs> There's a secret and you're not telling yeah. me. <laughs> Why aren't you telling me? I put on like five pounds of powder and it's not helping me. <laughs> <laughs> you look like that. Yeah, it's a... Uh, every time, like, because I like it on the patio and it's fun and people want love a good, like, drag brunch. Mm-hmm. But that's usually, you know, I feel like a lot of people are like, let's summertime because we're going to get day drunk. And, yeah. But it's not the best time for you. <laughs> yeah, day drag is, can be hard for sure. You have to get up pretty early. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because I guess, sorry, I don't know why I do this to you. I just, <laughs> well, but bingo night was not exactly. Bingo night's a little later. We can handle that. Yeah, and we're gonna have another one because that was super fun. Like yes, I said, I can't wait. <laughs> yeah. What? Okay. So what else? What haven't you done that you would like to do? Hmm. I would really. I mean, this is a project, a side project, but I'd like to get a lot better at sewing. Like I have a sewing machine, mm. I have fabric, I have, you know, the basis to like get better and I've taken some lessons, but I just need to like practice. And it's like, it's hard to get the drive to like just sit down and do it when there's so many other things going on. <laughs> <laughs> so I would say that like get better at sewing and being a seamstress for sure. Being it cause it's hard to find costumes that fit my body. <laughs> Again, we established yeah, tall. <laughs> exactly. So like everything's either just like comedically small on me or else like it has to be custom. So do you, what, what usually comes first, the outfit or the idea? Bef- like when I first started, it was usually the outfit first. Like I would like find something and I'm like, Oh my God, I love this. Like I want to do this concept. Now I don't really buy clothes as often because I'm broke and in school. So it's, it's definitely like coming up with, uh, with the ideas and then saying, okay, what do I have that can work with this? Cause I don't want to buy anything new. (laughs) (laughs) That's fair. Um, and correct me if I'm wrong, but have I not seen you as miss frizzle? Yes. I did. I did a miss frizzle snatch game once. That was fun. I played her as a very like drunk lesbian version of Miss Frizzle, though. <laughs> um, I think that's accurate. <laughs> yeah, very bad. <laughs> I mean, it's Lily Tomlin. <laughs> yes. And then the updated one was uh, Kate McKinnon. So. Yeah, they doubled down on the lesbianism. <laughs> <laughs> like, let's make sure we know this. Yes. Um, okay. I want to talk again a bit about uh, the UCP. What would you say to any uh, teens or kids that could be listening to this um, who are struggling or upset or worried about what's going on with our province? Yeah, first of all, I would say like it's troubling times and, and feeling upset and scared right now is absolutely valid, but you're super loved and you're not alone. And uh, second of all, I would say that you know, Daniel Smith is putting these policies out, but we're going to fight them and we're going to do everything we can to make sure they don't pass. So even though it might be scary, like know that there are people fighting and, and, you know, putting their time and their energy and their sweat and blood and tears into stopping these harmful policies from coming around. How great, it's unfortunate, but how great it is, is it when you when we go to these rallies, like you got to go to the one the other day. Um, I went to um, plenty last year because why do we have to keep having these? Yeah. Uh, because of the, oh, the Reading Worth Royalties one um, mm-hmm. and uh, stupid 
dickheads coming in, trashing those and showing up for those. But it's still, it's upsetting that we have to come and do these, but it's amazing to see the, the city come together. Exactly. Like it's, like you say, it's super upsetting that we even need them in the first place, but being being there and seeing all these people who are saying like we love you the way you are and we accept you the way you are and we want you to thrive yeah. like that's so powerful and like if i had seen anything like that as a kid like it would have changed my whole trajectory i think like it, I, there was nothing like that when i grew up <laughs> no there wasn't um i was just talking with uh one of my good friends yesterday we were chatting about everything that was going on and uh he said he's like isn't it crazy to think that we're we grew up in the generation of like big deal of the first like same sex kisses on TV. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and we like our generation is super lucky that we kind of experienced the beginning of like this kind of like I shouldn't say the beginning that's not true at all but the beginning of the fruits of the gay rights movement you know and we're and we're getting acceptance and we we get to see that all in in like in real time and yeah. I think like our generation for the most part is going to be like the last generation that has to like come out, you know, like I know lots of my younger queer friends who have just always been queer and they never even had to have a coming out. And that's so beautiful. Cause like coming out is so traumatic. Yeah. <laughs> it is not fun. And I remember I like came out a little bit later because I didn't want to have the conversation. I have an older brother who's gay mm-hmm. and I saw him have to have the conversation with everybody. And then I heard, got to hear all my family talk about it behind his back and make the jokes. And I was like, I don't want this. I was like, I'm not having that. So I didn't really come out until I had a boyfriend and I literally just said to my dad, I was like, Oh, by the way, I'm bringing my boyfriend to your dinner. And he's like, is this your way of telling me you're gay? I was like, yeah, but <laughs> we're not having a conversation about it. Like, <laughs> nice. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. When I sat down, my parents to come out to them, I was like very emotional. And, and then I told them and they're like, Oh my God, we thought it was something serious. Like you got someone pregnant or something. <laughs> okay you're like (laughs) it's serious to me (laughs) and you're like don't worry i don't think you have to worry about me exactly (laughs) (laughs) no i know i hope that we don't have to people don't have to come out anymore like i hope people can just realize that it's just whatever it is exactly and you know seeing these rallies the majority of people are accepting and, and loving and so you know it's really hopeful yeah yeah there's there's some good people out there and uh, we just need to keep spreading our voices. Uh, Who are some of your drag idols? Ooh, some of my drag idols. That's a great question. Um, I really am, you know, like obviously the OGs like Lady Bunny, RuPaul. um, I love them. Some some local talent. I'm going to stick with local because it's a big question. Yeah. (laughs) Um, I think like here in Calgary, uh, Carla Marx is a huge inspiration. She's like a a trans advocate, a trailblazer, and she's just an incredible performer, hilarious person, great person. Yeah. She's a huge inspiration of mine. And like the drive that she has is crazy. Like she... She performs so much. She works so hard, and like, can never be, can never be me. <laughs> <laughs> maybe, uh, maybe. <laughs> she, uh, yeah, she was a uh, part of. I got to go see Jonathan Van Ness uh, yeah, the when they show. they were here, the Great Outdoor Comedy Fest. Yes, and uh, she killed her set there. Yeah, she did. Yeah, and it was really great because I got a table, like the last table, and we show up, and our table isn't there. Yeah, because they like did the floor plan and forgot that there's trees. <laughs> so we're like, Oh no. And I, like I paid cheaper 
but I got a table. And so we went to get service. They're like, oh, yeah, no, unfortunately, that table can't exist. So we've moved you. And then we were second row. <laughs> oh, my God, nice. Like upgrade. <laughs> yeah, I was like, oh, sweet. This is fantastic. Um, and that, but I mean, that was a night, too, that was just so awesome to see. Uh, the the place was full. Yeah, the the whole park was full, and like for a, an entirely queer lineup of yeah. comedians, it's like pretty cool to see. Yeah, it's it's awesome, and I just I think it's it's great that uh, parents are taking kids to the library to have story time with the drag queens and the reading with royalty program, um, and just being queer folks, just being out there. Absolutely. Seeing positive representation of queer people and seeing queer joy is is so powerful because we're constantly, you know, bombarded with messaging from politicians saying that we're like abominations or we're hateful, like like that we shouldn't exist. And, you know, in media, we're constantly seeing like, um, you know, AIDS conversations and, you know, just all sorts of just constant negative imaging about being queerness. So being able to go to a library and see a, a, like as a kid and just see a queen, you know, being happy and living their best life. And that, that can be really encouraging. Yeah. It's, it's super awesome. I, uh, just think we need more of that. And just, it's like the same with anything. We, you know, we always talk about in the media, um, how important is just for representation Yeah, and it needs to be there, whether it's queer people, people of color, uh, females, just, everything <laughs> yeah the any any work that you're putting out in the world should be as diverse as as the world that we live in yeah well as a producer <laughs> yeah exactly exactly and you know i just finished my practicum and i was working on like a like a like a commercial that's for tv and it was kind of cool because the client specifically wanted non-binary representation and so i got to be a part of that conversation and saying like like here's like some language that we can work on and like, you know, involving the actual community rather than just like throwing a they, them pin on a, on a cis person. Right. So, like, it's really cool to see how things are changing and shifting. Yeah. Uh, it's cool things. You get to do cool things, drag, um, some cool shows. You've also got to, like I saw you got to work at the Banff, uh, media. Yeah. The world media festival last summer, hopefully this summer again. Too. Yeah. Like, that must have been a cool experience. It was really cool. I got to meet like a lot of cool celebrities and just like seeing industry professionals like pitching new TV shows yeah. and and just seeing like behind the scenes of like, you know, maybe somebody's talking to somebody and it's going to be the next like big HBO show. It's it's just cool to be in the room. So have you always been creative? <laughs> like honestly, I, I don't know what it was in my in my childhood. I wasn't good at art class and I got I, I, but I always considered myself like a not very creative person. Yeah. And so, like, in high school, I only took science classes, mm -hmm. and then I went to university for, like, my first degrees in biology. <laughs> so, Just, I, I thought I knew everything. <laughs> yeah, so I have a biology degree. I did, like, I did, like, the year of research, and I really didn't like it. I was just really unhappy, and I got out in the industry, and there was nothing that was really appealing to me, and so I, that's when I got into beer, and then, like, I was doing the science side of beer, but, like, even that was still, like, there's a lot of creativity involved. Mm -hmm. And eventually I moved into the, like, brewing side and the recipe development and that kind of stuff. And I was like, okay, this is what's up. Like, I love making something. And yeah. That's around the same time I started drag. And I was like, okay, maybe I'm more creative than I gave myself credit for this whole time. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I think creativity 
again, this is what's great about the world um, right now with technology, as much as it can be really shitty and weird and annoying. Um, it's a chance for people to become creative with things they didn't realize that they could be creative with. Exactly. Like, I literally learned how to do drag makeup from YouTube. That yeah. I just sat there in my living room practicing and watching these videos. And, like, I think about drag queens, like, 100 years, maybe not 100 years ago, that's... What years in the 20s no drag queens a long time ago <laughs> yeah. like they had to just like trial by fire that shit so yeah yeah we're pretty lucky to have the 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 internet <laughs> yes yeah i know i also don't have the patience for makeup like i just <laughs> i think that's when i was like even even just me like sitting when you did me up just very little bit i was like i don't have, like <laughs> yeah. i don't have the time for this it takes getting used to for sure for sure yeah well and it's it's awesome which leads into one of my last questions i always like to ask people um and this could be anything what's awesome what's awesome Ooh, great question um what is awesome sloths are awesome sloths are awesome so, sloths are my favorite animal Followed by jellyfish. Jellyfish are also awesome. Really? Jellyfish is number two for you? Yeah, they're just so fascinating. Like, the way they, like, they're just so, like, they're not as highly evolved as, like, other animals, but, they're you know, they're still taking over the ocean. And, like, yeah. I don't know. I love them. I think they're so cool and pretty. Interesting. So, what else is awesome? Um, the Queer Citizens Unite group on Instagram is awesome, and everyone who's listening should follow them because they're constantly updating us on protests, counter-protests, rallies, and things like that that we can support uh, here in our community in Calgary. Um, so that's an awesome page. Uh, what else is awesome? Uh, the Game Boy Advance uh, Nintendo Switch thing that they have going on right now has golden sun and golden sun 2 <laughs> which i've been playing and that's very awesome as well so <laughs> is your video games how you like kind of decompose yeah does absolutely. it help like, i that's i shut my brain off like when i get home from work or school like my routine is like you know get everything cleaned up or whatever get settled in and then like smoke a smoke a bowl and then play video games for a couple hours and then like everything like whatever went on in the day is in the past yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah well, that's good. That's good. Yeah. Those are some awesome things for sure. Yeah. <laughs> um, yes. So people, before we finish off, just allies, come out, show that you're allies. Um, everybody let your voices be heard. It's it's only a few stupid people who are making these laws, which I think is ridiculous. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And like right now, I think there's a lot of things allies can do from you know writing letters and sending emails and signing petitions and you know being on the front lines of these rallies these are all important actions but even simpler is you know reaching out to somebody who's trans or non-binary in your life and just tell them that you love them yeah because it's a hard time for people right now and just hearing that you know you never know how much that can make a difference yeah yeah i think we've we've uh gone really far with the queer community but there's still so much work to do because I feel like it's, uh, you know, gay and lesbian is just like, okay, we've, mm -hmm. we've fully accepted them. Oh, bisexual is not really real. Yeah. Uh, maybe we're getting better with that. And then, oh yeah. Then there's also those other letters in the alphabet. <laughs> exactly. And you know, like the gay, gay rights movement, as we know, it was started by, you know, trans, like yes. black trans women, you know, who were throwing bricks at Stonewall and, and, and advocating for these rights. And, you know, it's not fair for us now as a community that we've gotten our gay marriage and we've gotten our, like, 
some some sprinkling of basic rights for us to give up the fight now and, and abandon our trans siblings. Exactly. We're all in this together. We're all in this world together. Just be fucking nice to each other. <laughs> yes, please. <laughs> Absolutely. Just let people love who they love, be who they are, and uh, all that fun stuff. Agreed. <laughs> Anything else, Kevin? Um, I mean, I, I think it would be weird to not mention, obviously, I think everyone should stay educated on what's going on in Palestine right now, because there's an active genocide going on. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's dark times. And so, you know, I'm not the most eloquent person to speak on this. But, you know, educate yourself, uh, get involved. And similar, similarly to what I mentioned before, you know, write letters and emails and attend protests because uh, the Palestinian people really need support right now. Yeah. And, and that's a great point. And especially like going back to just all these rallies and everything like that. Um, I know the economy is kind of tough right now for a lot of people. These are things that if you can donate to support for what, any of these important causes, um, helping out victims in Palestine, uh, doing anything that needs to be happening great but if you can't there's just a lot of non-monetary things you can do absolutely just get involved and you can you can make change from small actions like writing letters and you know attending rallies like everything adds up one little ripple can make a wave yes smart (laughs) exactly (laughs) that's that's what they teach us (laughs) yeah so and i guess like maybe as a final note like we talked about like all this oppression that trans people are facing and like this genocide and heavy stuff but like there is still good stuff in the world and, you know, like take care of yourself Yeah, and, you know, do something to make yourself happy and, you know, reach out to your community members and find what makes you awesome and find out what's awesome, whether it's a video game, animals, a TV show. Exactly. Find joy. Yeah. Cause it's hard. <laughs> it can be hard, but there is some awesome out there. So thank you, Kevin, for being here today. Thank you, Craig, for having me. It was so fun. This is super fun. It's great catching up with you. I look forward to future bingo nights with you. Yes, I can't wait. That's going to be super fun. And uh, I thank you all for listening to us and passing time with me. We will chat soon. Goodbye, everybody.